When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead set beast, 1d6 meticulously carved icosahedrons of unknown provenance at a time. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Valley of the Pharaohs, a game that has the weird distinction of being the first published title by Palladium Games. Are are we out of these yet? Sheesh! Anyway, it's System Mastery. Welcome back, it's me, your host Jeff, joined as always by your other host, your host with the most, except for me, John. The host that's mostly me. That's right, mostly you, but a little bit rock and roll. (laughs) Mostly me, mostly you. Together, <laughs> we fight crime. Oh, okay. I thought you were doing a uh, say me, say, say you, say me. I mean, thing. I was about a, to. Is it a little bit of that? There okay. A, there was a little of that. <laughs> I'm not going to say there was none of that. It wasn't not that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a little Lionel in there. Yeah, just a touch. Just a little Lionel. A little dancing on the ceiling. Please tell me that was Lionel Richie. <laughs> sure. Good. Okay, it was? Or yeah. are you just going to tell me that? No, I'm going to tell you that. Okay, good. And it was. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> it was William Blake. Shit. <laughs> yeah, we had a moment earlier where, for whatever reason, we needed to reference the poem Tiger, Tiger. And uh, and I was like, who did that anyway? Is that Blake? Yeats? The answer is Blake. But that was enough to to push John into a, 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 a lit major with a degree. <laughs> a degree! Into a, a sort of paradox state where he couldn't just be like, yeah, it's fucking Blake. What's wrong with you? Just saying one extra name was enough to ruin it. Yeah, I was like... Oh, no. Oh, no. Now you've made me completely question my reality. <laughs> and meanwhile, it was both just in reference to some meme. <laughs> just memes. Just memes. Hey, hey, guys, it's just memes. Don't worry. It's all just memes. They do it for the lulls. That that video is like 20 years old. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and yet it's getting better. It's You have to admit it's getting better. Yeah. It's getting better. All the time. Mm-hmm. Things just keep getting better. I'm sorry. That's like the, the theme song to the new Queer Eye show. Oh, good. Yeah. I've never seen it. It's uh, it's good. I I think it's getting a little too... Is it getting better? It, no, it's <laughs> getting too formulaic over time. Uh, I saw someone asking the other day why... like Because a new season was just announced and they moved, they moved, I think, to New Orleans this time. Now, the farthest west they've ever come is Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so the question I was seeing asked was, how come they'd never been to the actual west coast? And I was like, oh, that seems actually super obvious because it's very rare to find someone with a sob story in the on the West Coast who also owns a home in need of home repair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'll woof. That won't happen very often. Cause you know, the way that show works is you have four guys that take you out and get you a nice new outfit and teach you how to like tuck the front part of your shirt but not the back part of your shirt in and give you a good haircut make you feel good about yourself give you five minutes of really strong psychology and then there's this fifth guy and you almost never see him 
And that's because he's spending $130,000 renovating your home quietly in the background. Yeah. And so when you're done, you're like, oh, look, you learned how to wear shirts correctly. And you got it. We, we got you a, a nice couple of outfits. And one of us taught you how to make some special masala peanuts or whatever. And then Bobby will come by and be like, I spent $100,000 on your house. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> Uh, like that's the only part that seems like it really matters at the end of the day. I love every one of those guys. I would like to hang out with every single one of the current queer eye cast. They're awesome. But if I were to be picked for it, I'd be like, yeah, you know, you can probably skip the psychology part. Just do the house. Just fix, yeah, but just fix my home. The second you said that, they're like, we no. definitely <laughs> cannot skip the psychology part. Because <laughs> I'm just going to sell the house you just jacked up and buy psychology. <laughs> I've bought in psychology. <laughs> I've purchased all of it. I'm the CEO of psychology. <laughs> now I run psychology town. <laughs> but yeah, I think the show just has gotten kind of too formulaic over time. Like they're, I've never been into any like of the sort of HGTV brand. That's fair. We're going to take something and spruce it up. It is so. the only one I like of that variety. Like I only like, I'd say two things that I would call. Uh, call I only like shows. two things. I like two things, and one of them's one tit, and the other one's the other one. <laughs> no, it's um, no, I, I two reality shows in total ever, which is that and Great British Baking Show. Yeah, so that that's it. I guess when I was a kid, I actually kind of liked Road Rules, <laughs> just because it was a nice bit of fantasy living to be like, oh, I'd like to drive around in an RV in Mexico with people who are stuck in an RV with me, so there's guaranteed to be some some, some sort of makeouts at some point. <laughs> I want to be in a place where people are guaranteed to have to be next to me uh-huh. and they can't that leave. Perfect. Where are you going to go? We live in an RV. You're going to walk out into central Mexico? No. Now get back in the hot tub. <laughs> Awful. Well, I was a bad person when I was like 16. <laughs> <laughs> why, why pretend otherwise? <laughs> ah, how you doing? I'm good. Hey, what's up, man? How you, how you doing? I'm, I'm fine. Everything's okay. Good. I wish I had something new to report. I mean, I I don't. Uh, we we did. Uh, we had a lovely Mother's Day. We uh, we I I I uh, purchased Florence a number of fancy soaps. Mm. I can tell you that, that there's a st- I walked to um, Bath and Body Works, which is near my home, to go. I, I never go in there, largely because there's not much in there for me. Yeah, I know the scents I like, and they don't really have them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Florence's scents quite well as well, and they don't really have those either, but sometimes I can find something for her in there. So I went in there with an intent to pick up either a single floral source collection, you know, like all rose or all lilac or something, because she yeah. likes to smell uh, like an old lady. That's 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 yeah. that's her, her jam, uh, is to smell like she has a, a, a 1920s name. And this is her jam that she's made yeah. and canned herself. Yes, her <laughs> wonderful rose jam. So I walk in and they're like, "Oh my god! Well, oh, first of all, what does she need?" And I was like, "Oh, well, okay, that's that's gendered. I don't. All right, I don't, well, fuck you. I don't appreciate that." And I was like, "Well, anyway, obviously, I'm here for a Mother's Day present. Uh, I, but I know what I'm doing. Uh, she's gonna want lemon or rose or something like that." And so they just d- dash off, and I'm like, "Good. Well, dealt with." And then they come running back with an armful of lemon candles, and they're like, "You need to smell all of these." And I'm like, "All right, all right. That one smells like Pez. That one smells like Pez. That one smells like Pez." That one's got more of a sweet tart. You know what? These are all sugar. Get these away from me. I will deal with this. And it never worked. I was the only customer, so they just kept running up to me with loads of things. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. I eventually purchased a sampler pack of eucalyptus slash mint products that I knew would be a hit at home because I know what I'm doing. I do not need a clerk's assistant. Great. Or the clerk in the first place, let alone their assistant. Ah, uh, the clerk's assistant. <laughs> My favorite indie film. 
Daniel Day-Lewis says, I got so many close-ups in this one. That doesn't sound like a Daniel Day-Lewis film. <laughs> the clerk's assistant? Yeah, the clerk's assistant is some... I, I, it's like a shop girl, maybe, kind of in that Some vein. real navel-gazy right. type shit. I, was, I pictured something like The Phantom Thread would, would be... And that, obviously, is a Daniel Day-Lewis joint, so... I don't know. Make your own assumptions. Folks, like subscribe, like and subscribe, and in the comments, please list what you think the clerk's assistant would be. <laughs> please list the director and uh, yeah, director primary and cast. Yeah, the director and primary cast for the clerk's assistant. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with three Philip Seymour Hoffmans. Three of them. Three Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> ah, I will Seymour Hoffman. Thank you. <laughs> One's directing and the other two are acting. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we read The Valley of the Pharaohs. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. If 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 it can be said to be being re- read, what, what year was this? It was like an 83. 83, I was going to say. This was... It's got that Return of the Jedi stink. I mean, we mentioned it in the intro. This is the first real, like, Palladium game. Yes. But also, not from the Simbetas. This was written by Matthew Balint, and uh, Simbita is only involved in art and layout. Yes. So, interesting, and it's a Palladium game, but is very divorced from (laughs) its wife. It is the most divorced game. (laughs) This game is Elon Musk. (laughs) Excuse me, I have an appointment to go get more divorced from my wife. (laughs) I have to go see a judge to get more divorced now. <laughs> I was only 100% divorced, and they said they have a special package to take it further up. <laughs> oh, I got a special package to take it further up. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just got a phone call. Apparently, I'm even more divorced. <laughs> uh, but it is very divorced from the rule set of Palladium Games. So even though we have reviewed Heroes Unlimited and Rifts and so on, this is entirely different from that yes unfortunately the copy that we have is post other palladium i would love to see a copy from before there was anything else published because this one has some house ads for palladium fantasy role-playing at the start which means that it existed at least yeah so we know it's a later printing but but uh but it is kind of neat to see that because when you first open it you're like oh look there's that original the palladium role-playing game with that crappy semi-medieval font with the dithering instead of uh instead of a transparency for the shadows because it's so early when they made this. <laughs> I mean, also just three books of weapons. Uh, yes. They're like, hey, man, did you want like 600 weapons in one book and then another book with even more different weapons and I'm, then another book with more different weapons? I'm ashamed to admit that during my Palladium playing heyday, when again, I was a bad person, I was like 16, um, I owned two of those books. I had wow. I had the weapons and armor one and the wep- I'm pretty sure I had the weapons and castles one, uh, but I-, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that I'm wrong and that one of them never came out or something. But I definitely had weapons and armor. It was just a endless list of fantasy swords that yeah. all were all pretty much identical unless they had some stupid gimmick to them. So they'd be like thirty different variations on the long sword, and then one that was like a fishbone, just a fishbone, and be like, yeah, this one's good for catching stuff. I guess it's like. Trying to fight with a big metal comb. I mean, that's the problem when you're looking at a game like this, and they're like, hey, here's fucking uh, weapons, and it's 600 weapons, and they're all different. You got knives and swords, and I'm like, there's 
no way you can make 600 weapons different in your system. Yeah. That can't happen and won't happen. I also, I'm pretty sure my, my friend Steve, because this was the kind of guy or role player he was at the time, ha- had purchased for our group the modern version of it, the Palladium, like modern weapons and arms. I don't remember what it was called, uh, but it was just a list of 7,000 guns. Yeah. Just over and over again. And, and you know, they'd be bl- broken up by pistol and semi-automatic pistol and blah, blah, blah. And again, you just they were listed in order of damage. And so you just go to the end of each list and be like, that one, I'll just take that one. Yeah. The one that does 66 instead of 2d6. Well, I know how to use a pistol, so let's go to the good one. There we are. There it is. All right. The one that does the most damage, please. Thank you. Yeah. I see it's not even close to the most expensive one on the list. I wonder, is that because this is based on some kind of like gun catalog? Obviously. So, so yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get into the, uh, we're going to make it past these ads at some point to discuss the game proper. Yes, indeed. I mean, I know if this is the right point, this book, this game is only about 60 pages long and it is dry. As yeah. dry as the dry season of the valleys of Egypt in times immemorial. It is so little information. There's only like 10 pages of rules for a game. Uh-huh. And in those 10 pages, there are many things that are just sort of implied as rules without being actually said like outright this is how this works yeah it's got a lot i mean it's early game design but even not that early i mean it was what, nine years after ad and d or D yeah, regular no. D. it's it but a lot of the a lot of the things will be like early uh, game design i will yeah. be like that's fine if you fucked up with how a rule works mm-hmm. but to just be like i'm not gonna tell you the way in which you use something is like that's not bad game design. You fucked up. You should have written something down and didn't. Also, it's uh, it's mostly a skill-based game. It's, you know, most characters are only separated from other characters by what skills they do and don't know. And there are a ton of skills mostly related to operating as a citizen in some capacity of ancient Egypt. Unfortunately, most of the skills are extremely specific to that. So you have things like agriculture or or uh, uh, reading, uh, or oration, or so on. And they don't tell you why you would use them, or what happens if you do or don't use them successfully. Well, there's, like I said, a lot of shit in this that is just missing, because it's like, all right, there's no rule for, you know, oration as a skill. You're like, okay, what if someone takes my dude who doesn't have oration as a skill and is like, hey, go on stage and do public speaking. Is there a base? Do I get a penalty to something is the can i do anything no honestly even the how do i use a skill section of this game is missing mm-hmm. oh it, yeah you yeah. basically piece together eventually you're like oh this is percentile based but it is not obvious or explicitly stated mm-hmm. huge chunks of it just appear to be missing as if we're still waiting to discover some important stele or or other archaeological dig that would re- uh, recover the rest of the rules. If only we could mm. find some sort of Rosetta Stone mm. to really let us know what the fuck is going on here. That would be so useful in this situation. Of course, after you get past the 10 pages of rules, this game is also then just 40 pages of someone's, like, 6th grade Egypt report. What do you mean? Where s- how, do you, how do you mean 6th grade, specifically? There are a couple things in here. Yeah. One is... This reads exactly like someone flopped open an encyclopedia yeah, and began typing it. Yeah, paraphrasing a world book has a, it does it definitely has that vibe. Yes, yeah. and especially because certain sections will start 
with the exact same paragraph as another section, <laughs> yeah. except they changed some of the word choices around, and you're like, this is literally the exact same thing, except you changed where the sentences are in order. You can almost sense the author's excitement when you get to the part where he's just copying out wholesale, like the the story of Osiris and, and Horus or whatever, and he's like, oh, I, I have liberty to just quote this directly, and it's really long. Oh, all of the stuff where it's like, here is this god. They are known as this. They have this symbol. <laughs> it, I kept expecting to get to the end of this book and have it go, in conclusion, Egypt is a land of contrasts. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed reading this book. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I enjoyed writing it. Oh, God. One of these days I'm going to write uh, end one of our books with that sentence just for fun. <laughs> and then, of course, the editor will make me change it. Yeah, they'll go, I don't understand this. I don't realize what jokes are. Please do not do this. <laughs> More jokes, please, but not that one. <laughs> <laughs> when writing a joke, please set it up with, this is a joke, and... <laughs> But yeah, it is a lot of that. And then also the parts where you're like, oh, this, instead of being just verbatim written down like the average rainfall in Egypt is, when it talks about like, ooh, what were like, what was society like? And I'm going to tie and type about things. And you're like, oh, you were trying to do some of this from memory because there's at least four parts in this where you're like, here's a guy's name. I'm going to change the spelling on this yeah. man's name four times. Yeah, there's at least one or two concepts of ancient Egyptology that I didn't know about until I was going through this book, because I'm not like an Egypt expert. I don't know anything about this. I'm usually very happy that the Egyptian gods have been helpfully curated into a grouping of about 10 to 12 that's easily memorized. So when you look at a list of like 50 of them, you're like, oh my God, there are so many that are just like the god of some river. Jeez. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, there, there's a concept of the Egyptian underworld here where it was called the Taut, or T-A-U-T, unless you spelled it the T-U-A-T, the Tuat. And I would say it's about a 50-50 mix, so I don't know which one it is. But it, it's my limited understanding of ancient Egyptian scripts suggests that there's no way for us to know because vowels were the main thing missing Yeah, from the way that they wrote. So I don't know, and I don't know why you wouldn't just pick one in those. I mean, I assume because... I mean, there's also like... Ah, here's some guy. His name is Karnas, unless it's Karis. Yeah. Unless it's Karnos. <laughs> and you're like, just pick one. Unless it's Karnov. <laughs> that fat fire-breathing guy from early Data East games? Like, this guy's name is Gonkarov? <laughs> Greatest movie of all time. So good. Mm-hmm. Based on this game, you know. <laughs> yes, Gonkarov was based on this game. Uh, so, unlike a standard Palladium game... Uh, the stats are only five. Yeah. You have strength, speed, intellect, power, and persona. Uh-huh. Uh, power is your, like, force of will, the, like, your inner power. Yes. Uh, your ka, <laughs> if you will. If, if I won't, because that might be wrong. Uh, and your <laughs> persona is just charisma, basically. Yeah, so it's, it's charisma, but also how hot you are. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, when you first see power, you're like, oh, I, I guess power is probably the constitution here. But no, it's, it's no strength more... is just strength yeah. and constitution. Yes, but power is like, ooh, do you have the mental fortitude? Do you have the five bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Are you prepared to join the home starmy? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's there's five stats and you roll three d six. And three d six down the line, you don't even have that exploding palladium if you roll a sixteen or higher deal. You just roll 3d6. It's just early 
half-remembered D&D, because even the earliest D&D was usually 46, drop low, arranged as desired. Yep. That's one of my favorite things from the, like, early, and I mean mostly just all of the 80s, is the, we have remembered what we think D&D rolling is, Uh and we're going to make it that. And we've kind of, not only that, but in a certain portion of the internet society today, we have people assigning, like, great personal value and 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 uh and honor to themselves for having like gone through that gauntlet and still doing it like fuck that yeah i do 3d6 down the line because i play hardcore and i'm like no you you play wrong (laughs) (laughs) and having a worse character isn't hardcore it's just less interesting but okay you said you do you buddy you got it uh when you are making a character in this outside of your attributes for your 3d6 down the line yeah uh you are also going to randomly roll to see what societal cast you are part of Uh uh-huh so uh you have four options you can either be in the nobility the clergy the bureaucracy or the commons and uh the commons is the most common Mm -hmm. with all the other ones being a 20% chance and a 40% chance for being in commons. Yeah. And then once you've picked, you, you've rolled that, uh, you are going to dig through uh, further because each one is subdivided into into an occupation you can have, which make up what, are the, what the character classes more or less are. Yeah. So your cast gives you a plus one to one of your attributes. Uh-huh. And uh, except for speed, because there's only four casts and five stats. And then each cast also gives you either two or three options for what occupation or class basically that you can be. Yeah. So, so like, go ahead. If you're in a clergy, you can be a priest or a scholar. That's yeah. it. Yeah. If you're nobility, it's soldier or priest. Yeah. So all of these just give you, like I said, that stat bonus, and then you can decide what you want to be from there. Probably you'll end up rolling your 3d6 down the line and go, all right, if I'm nobility and I could be a soldier or a priest and I fucked up and got shitty intelligence and high strength, great, I'm a soldier. If it's the other way, I'm a, I'm going to be a priest. If I fucked up everything because it's 3d6 down the line, then you suck and oh well. I mean, sort of. Everyone's going to suck in this game because you may be wondering, well, what do the attributes do? What, are, what do I do with these attributes? Do I have do I have bonuses for high attributes like I would in, in Palladium or Dungeons & Dragons type yes. games? Yes. Uh, and do you? Yes. I didn't find them. Did you find them? Yeah. So, uh, if you have, I mean, strength is going to just sort of give you a bonus to melee damage and a amount that you can carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, speed is going to give you a bonus to your initiative. All right. And, uh, your, the other ones, intellect, power, and persona are essentially just there for skill stuff because almost every skill is intellect based yes so even if you're like i'm gonna be a soldier okay well great you have two skills that don't care about intellect but everything else very much does all right well i'm glad you found that because i have no idea where that is in the section on the attributes it just kind of tells you which one what each one does oh of course because it's not in the section on attributes oh all right They've so moved it somewhere else in the initiative section it tells you how speed changes your initiative oh okay so it's done it's, uh, and it's it also gives you if you've got a high enough a bonus to your hit parry and dodge right okay that makes sense 
Yeah. So, uh, but other than that, the the primary thing attributes do is provide what your starting skill percentages is because it, it it's very palladium-y in that it's a percentile system. But you can tell there was refinements made beyond this because in this game, your starting skill is usually whatever stat it is, and, and then you roll percentile to try and get under that to uh, to succeed at a skill. Well, yeah, all the skills are stat plus either half or a third of another stat, or just stat. add it together. Yeah. Like, let's look at the pre-skills here as an example. Astronomy is just your intelligence. Uh, drawing is speed plus half of your intelligence. Oh, yeah. Intelligence and, is so much of this shit. Yeah. The, the the first couple here that don't have intelligence is meditation is entirely based on your power, and oration is perception and half of your power, and every single other one at least uses in- intelligence uh, or, or half intelligence. But God, power is, I gotta say this, fucking awful. Because it is the primary stat for, like, two skills. Yeah, I mean, one of them is magic. But other than that, yes. <laughs> but if you're not a wizard, then you're like, all right, sure. It's the stat for, like, how good are you at marching? Mm-hmm. And how good at you, are you at, like, meditating? And then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Because the the uh, the cast you can be of that gets a plus one to it is priesthood. And priesthood is the primary mage user, uh, mage or place where wizards come from. Yeah, anyone who casts spells in this game system. Uh, so I, I guess it kind of makes sense, but yeah, it doesn't do much of anything otherwise. Um, but yeah, you keep. I, I'm sure you're all on the edge of your seat right now, just tingling and waiting for us to tell you what the base skill percentage that you add this to is to determine what you have to roll under. And there's nothing. So if you if a skill like for example astronomy works off your intelligence and you have an 11 intelligence because you rolled 3d6 down the line no modifications then you have an 11% chance to succeed at astronomy. Yes, indeed. Even the high-end ones, if you're like, look, I'm, you know, super smart. I rolled well. I've got like a 16 in that. And my secondary best one is power, and I'm doing the gaming skill, which is int and half power. You're like, all right, I got a 14 in power. That's going to give me seven. I've got a 16 there. I'm going to get a 23% chance to do something at the very best skill that I have. Yeah, I think the absolute best possible skill chance you can have out of all the skills in the game is 37%. Uh, which is if you do magic, because magic is power plus intelligence, and it's not half of anything. It's just power uh-huh. plus intelligence. And if you're from one of the two casts, that either gives you a bonus to intelligence or power, which you will be, because that is the uh, the, the the middle two classes, which are the only ones that can be wizards anyway. Yeah. So, so if you happen to somehow have 18s in both of those, and you're in that cast, one of those two casts, and you're a wizard, you could have a 37% chance at magic, and that's the best you can do. Yep. My favorite is when he gets fancy. Disguise, which is intelligence plus uh, power plus perception, divided by three. But not it's not the average of all three of those stats. It's, it's power plus perception divided by three plus intelligence is, is how you calculate a disguise score. Uh, yeah. And oh, look at you trying to check. No, my I was, work. I was, I was <laughs> thinking. I was like, oh, it's power. I was thinking about what you actually said. Power and perception divided by three plus add intelligence. To intelligence. Yeah, and they at least at in one sentence at the end of the entire skill section go, oh, round to a whole number. Yeah, round to a whole number. So nearest <laughs> whole number that because <laughs> they don't tell you to start with. They just throw you some fractions and go. Ah, you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I, uh, my favorite thing in the skill section, and by the way, I know it sounds like we jumped right into it. This is all the game is. That's it. That this is the, we're gonna get the combat system, which doesn't work off percentile. It works off d20s plus parry and dodge. That that part's very palladiumy. Uh, it's a very simple game system. Uh, but my favorite thing in the skill se- section is anytime they mention a bonus or a penalty that you should have, because they just say it as like a sentence, like like uh, in uh, stealth, for example, it just says like. An area that is well-lighted and guarded is more difficult, and a temporary penalty is suffered from the character's proficiency score. What penalty? How much? How do you calculate that? Does it, is it based on the amount of light? Or who, whose determination? It, it, it's just, it just says that. It just says that and stops. Yeah. The, the skill section is also broken down into, you have cast skills, so you have Skills that you get based on whatever thing you were, yes, uh, before you picked the profession, and then you also have profession skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, each cast has a couple skills that are mandatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're, you know, clergy, you have to have reading and writing as mandatory skills. Yes. Uh, if you're, however, in the commons, you just have to take agriculture. Now. The number of skills you get is randomized. Uh, the most you would ever have is six, no matter six. what. They all, are, they all are anywhere between something and six, so yeah. Yeah, because nobility is three plus a D3, whereas commons is one plus a D5. Yes. So you have a lower threshold for how many you could have if you're from the commons, but the uh, high end is the same for everybody. Yeah, that's just for your cast skills, which is just the one starting set of skills. Yeah. Then, then when you move into your whatever chosen occupation you take, you get an, a, a secondary, a second set of skills, uh, which I don't remember. You if, get four. You get four. Yeah. So I was gonna say you don't get a random number there. No, everyone gets four occupational skills, mm-hmm. but you get a random number of cast skills. Yeah. And the cast skills are weird. I mean, this is a game that has, like, for the soldier, combat is a cast skill. So Mm -hmm. anyone can do combat if you want to take that as a skill. But military combat is a soldier skill. And this is where you start to see the shadows of Palladium future show up. Yeah. Because uh, military combat is basically like having... (laughs) combat expert as opposed to combat basic yes from the old palladium because it's just oh there's a chart for what you get for your percentage skill in whatever combat you have yes and as the skill goes higher in percentages you get like ooh, now you get two attacks or a plus one to hit or whatever yeah and you get Better bonuses, and they come earlier with military combat. Yeah. Otherwise, the percentage score for combat is the same. It's the same. Both combat and military combat are strength plus half speed for your starting value. Yeah. Um, which is weird because I don't even know when you'd roll that, other than I guess if you're being tested on your general knowledge of combat or asked to identify whether or not a combat is happening or something like that. Because uh, otherwise, you're using that to, for the combat system. It's instead generating a series of bonuses for you. Yeah. Why it, it has a starting proficiency value, I'm not sure. It's very weird, and again, it's better, weirdly enough, in later Palladium stuff when they're like, oh, combat, instead of being a skill percentage thing, is just your chart of per-level bonuses you yeah, get. Yeah, you get hand-to-hand or whatever. There's no percentage score. Because uh, there isn't a point where you would actually roll this, Yeah, which rules as written means you never get better as combat because the skills in this are 
If you ever use a skill during a session, yeah. Oh, that's what it's for. Oh, okay. That I mean, that just made sense to me. What? Oh, uh, well. It, it, every time you use a skill, you you make a roll against your value, and that's why it's there. So whenever you use combat, you're just you're, you're technically using the combat skill, even if you don't roll on it. Which means you get a chance to, to do your roll at the end of uh, of that session or whatever. I guess to uh, to see if it if you get better at it. Whereas that, that, I'm saying yeah. rules is written. You never rolled combat. You did a combat roll. You didn't use the skill combat. No, I know. I I I, I I'm just saying that that makes sense, and I get it now. Yeah. Even but if, as I was saying, yeah. At the end of a session, if you have used a skill, you will get to roll. If you roll over whatever the percentage is, you add a d6 to that skill. Yes. So you start with, you know, ridiculously low percentages and everything. And I guess they're like, look, this has to be a long campaign Mm -hmm. because otherwise you are going to spend all of your time going, and I tried it. Nope. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And how bad does it have to feel if you spend an entire session being like, I have a 12% chance of doing this. I never succeed. All right. Well, we get to the end of, se- of session, and I rolled under an 11 this time. Hey, great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you explain how that works? I didn't. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. So, so, and they also have a couple of different, like, suggestions about when you should let players roll, where they're like, hey, don't let players roll all the time on this. They should be getting slowly and steadily better, not, not uh, getting better quickly. But if, like, you're trying to play a short campaign, then maybe you could let them roll once for the end of each session to see if they get better and they get a D6% better. It's also got to feel real bad when you get that one on that. You're like, I've got an 11% chance Literally everything I just said. Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about something more interesting. <laughs> Probably. This is <laughs> terrible. Uh, see, I thought, no, you said something different. I, now, now, you definitely. No, did. No. You were saying, "What if you roll an eleven or under?" As opposed to, "What if you, you succeed and then get the one percent?" I'm saying there's two ways you could get fucked. <laughs> I have no idea what you are talking about. Okay, so I'll explain, and then I'll cut all this. Great. I will not cut all this. Great. Uh, so I uh, can't wait. Uh, uh, w- when I interrupted you so rudely, and I apologize for that, uh-huh. by the way, uh, you were saying how much must it suck when you finish you keep failing at your skill over and over and over again because you have an 11 or 12% chance to succeed at it uh-huh. right and then you get a chance to roll to see if you if you uh, get the increases extra, the increases and you roll an 11 or under and you don't get the skill increase yeah see that's not what i was saying what the fuck were you saying i was saying it's got to suck if you succeed on that and do get the 1d6 extra skill percentage and get the 1 Eh. And move from your eleven to your twelve. I mean, that at just least doesn't it's feel very good. Better, yeah. It's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's still also better than nothing. Is the feeling of satisfaction I'm experiencing right now for being at least somewhat correct? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just mind-boggling to me that even if you're like, I've got the highest skill chance I can get for something, and I manage to roll and get over it multiple sessions in a row, you're still looking at, with maximums on everything, at least like four sessions before you end up being like, and now there's a 50-50 chance that I'll do this correctly. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I'm sure they didn't put it together when they were writing out the book that this makes it look like Egypt was just an entire, ancient Egypt was an entire civilization of constant tragic failures. Just 
people tripping over their dicks and falling in the dirt constantly. Just every single All person of being it. like, and now to construct the hut in which I will live. Oh no, I accidentally made a loose pile. I can't sleep in there. I guess I'll die. <laughs> it's, it is amazing. Uh, I mean, again, because this game is so like, ooh, the the ancient Egyptians were so cool and they had a great society and they're so awesome at all of these things. And you're like, but you aren't. When you make a character, you're going to suck a lot. You're yeah. basically as skilled as a three-year-old. It's one of those weird managing expectations things that you see so often in old or bad games uh, where they, they're like, go into this great length about how much of a cool badass you're going to be and then provide you a character that is just absolutely not and never will be. Note, for example, that there's no way to raise your stats in this game either. Yeah. Uh, that you get that one plus one for wherever your cast listing is, and then that you're done. Those stats are static from now on. They're never going to change. And there are things in here that they're like, oh, even if something changed your stat, the derived thing wouldn't change. So, like, yeah, your hit points are twice your strength score. If something changes your strength score, that doesn't change your hit points. Yeah. There's a little section in here after the skill section that's like, when should players roll skills? And it's like, Players are going to try and sneak past you without rolling skills by just role-playing really good. you got to put a stop to that. Get a roll out of them. <laughs> we put these numbers in here so that no one could accomplish anything. Your players might attempt to accomplish things. Do not allow that. Yeah. The, the, the goal of your players is even if they're trying to play as ancient Egyptians, they're not. They're Abbott and Costello. Now have them meet the mummy. <laughs> yeah. You need to have a couple of guys that are just falling down wells constantly like that's all you do as a, an entire group you're like well we're, it's time to go solve all these problems and <laughs> i mean if it said you start as a child i would get it if it was like you know your journey into the world of ancient egypt starts at seven you're uh it's your first you're a day. wee bab you have a 10 percent chance of reading yeah you gotta go outside and work the fields like it's just a, like a dimwit because agriculture is one of the skills so you gotta go out there and be like i'm gonna agriculture dad i'm gonna help you harvest grain and he oh i'm very proud to have such a noble son who will help me harvest oh god he's oh he's not he's oh he's trying just, to he's trying to reap the fence this isn't working you're just grabbing stalks of grain and trying to pick it out from the roots. <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. You're just spending so long per stalk. You can't bake it while it's still growing, son. That's not agriculture. That's cooking. I'm bad at that, too. I'm awful. <laughs> Even in the reading skill, yeah. when they're talking about it, they're like, and of course, when to roll, they're like, no, don't have them roll for every word they read. Maybe like, Every paragraph. I'm like, dude, every 50 words or something. What? What? <laughs> Did you look at your own percentage? Like, that means the scribe in here, even a scribe was like, I've been at it for a while. And let me tell you, I only fuck up when I'm reading it this, you know, a third of the time. Yeah. Like, if you're from the bureaucracy cast, you get a plus one intelligence, which means your average intelligence in this game, if you're a bureaucracy cast, is an 11 and a half. Rounded to the nearest whole number, it's probably an 11 or a 12. Uh, of course, it's a 3d6 roll, so that'll never come up. Let's assume an 11. That means you have an 11% chance to read at the start of the game. And I know that because I remember that reading skill percentage is just int. Yep. So, yeah, even your bureaucracy, like your whole thing is, oh, I'm a scribe. My job all my life has been to read and write and transcribe. Yeah, I got this job yeah. as a, a uh, like, a bureaucratic scribe because I can read and write. Like... Can you, though? Well, once every ten paragraphs. 
every once in a while, mostly I'll just do chicken scratch and then eventually, you know, about three pages in, I'll write something and then I'll just go back to <laughs> doodling in the margins. I've got a real Sergio Aragona style to my hieroglyphics. <laughs> yeah, it takes me about a good hour to write one paragraph because every other sentence I just get bored and start doodling guys fighting in the margins. <laughs> In like 2,000 years, monks will have a name for this. Be a lot <laughs> I'm of, a scholar. It'll be a lot of trumpets playing, or uh, snails playing trumpets with their asses and stuff. We're all we're all about a rabbit harvesting penises from the penis tree. <laughs> They'll call it marginalia, but I call it fun. <laughs> yeah, God, God bless. God bless a game where your standard normal percentage for skills is in the 15s. Yeah. Now, John, would you do me the favor of explaining the combat system while I ignore you and then explain the combat system? I would love to. There's <laughs> nothing I would enjoy more. <laughs> uh, uh, so, all of the skills are percentile-based. Combat, however, D20. And the general idea is you'll get either a bonus from speed or your combat or more likely neither, Yeah, uh, <laughs> to hit. And what you're trying to do is, again, this is sort of shades of palladium to come, mm -hmm. where everyone has a, if you're wearing any sort of armor, you have like an armor number that you need to beat in order to actually do damage to someone. Mm -hmm. Now, most of the time, this is like, they say, Oh, unless you are a soldier in a battle that you have prepared for, no one wears armor. No one even carries a weapon. If someone comes at your ass, you're probably wearing a fucking skirt. Yeah, you've got an a, a pleated apron on. Or if you're a guy, if you're if you're a if you're a lady from the ancient Egypt, you probably have a narrow sort of tight dress. And oh, and you're barefoot. So they need to beat like a six on a d twenty to be able to hit you. Yeah. Now, everyone, unless you have a good enough combat to manage to get two actions, whoever wins initiative gets to decide what they're going to do. Yeah. So if I win initiative and I go, I'm going to attack this guy, then it goes down initiative order and you say what you're going to do. And if you are inclined to go, well, I don't want to get murdered. I'm going to spend my action instead of attacking, trying to dodge or parry. Yeah. Dodge being literally parry, but better. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no reason you wouldn't do it because both of them get a plus at the same time from speed. Yeah. They fix this in Palladium games later by making dodges cost a melee action from your pool unless you were like, yeah, the auto dodge, you're like a juicer or some shit. But here, it, it, and also you can't, there's nothing that you can or can't parry, which they would later add in Palladium games. They're like, yeah, you can't parry a laser it's just too, unless you have some sort of trick, you can't do that. But here, no, you should just always dodge. Well, yeah, because they're like, oh, parrying, if someone has a weapon, you have to have a weapon, so you can't bare hand parry if mm -hmm. they have a weapon. And if it's a ranged weapon, you can only parry if you have a shield. Yeah. But with dodge, you can dodge anything and it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's, they both take an action to do, but if you successfully dodge, then... uh. 
you can make an attack without doing an additional action. So if you successfully dodge, you just get a free attack out of it. Hell yeah. Now, do they get a free dodge? Uh, no, because they nice. ha- unless they have two actions and decide to say, I guess I spend my next action dodging. Mm-hmm. Because if they've got one action and they're like, I attack you. I've got one action. I dodge. I did dodge. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, to summarize, combat, it's a D30 system. Uh, <laughs> combat, to yeah. summarize, is a land of contrast. <laughs> now, uh, the way armor works in this is in addition to raising what number you have to beat in order to hit, uh-huh. uh, there is also a range... If you get between the point that is a four or higher, because anything below a four just misses regardless, Mm -hmm. even if you're just stark naked running around. Yeah. But if I have, say, leather armor requires you to get like an eight or better or something. Yeah. So if I roll between five and eight, then I hit the armor and not you. So you don't take damage, but your armor also has hit points, but they don't have specified ones like leather armor has 5d6 damage capacity <laughs> see roll i don't know when you roll that though <laughs> like do you have to roll that can you see what it is before you buy it or yeah like you go it? to the rack and you're like all right i look at a piece of leather armor roll 5d6 no that one sucks go yeah, to the next one going <laughs> what else you got this one's crap this one's crap. Why would this you randomize crap? that? That's just such an early harbinger of palladium st- uh, details to come. I I mean, at first I was thinking like, do you do you just roll and then see if the damage they dealt goes higher than what you rolled? And if so, then it ruins your armor because if your armor runs out of damage capacity, it turns into shit cloth armor, essentially. Yes, it gets way worse. Also, all of this will later get co- again. I, I just like like looking at this thing as a historical reference. Yeah, because this will get codified into non MDC Palladium stuff. Remember uh-huh. AR? This is this. It works the same way. Where if you have an AR system, then if you roll between, I think it's five and whatever your AR rating is in in uh, like Ninjas and Super Spies type game, then the damage goes directly into the damage capacity of your armor or whatever it is that's giving you the AR, AR in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. So here we're just seeing it without the names yet. Yeah, it is. It is weird seeing this sort of proto system that Symbita would take and then Right, no because Symbita didn't write this. No, this isn't his. Yeah. He would take this and then go, All right, let me tweak this. And to his credit, much of it is much more coherent later on. Yeah. But that is not a high bar, and also did not take that bar very high. Yeah, like I was expecting uh, more of a difference. Like like I'm not I'm not saying cuz I don't know what happened when they were writing this book. Like I know that that Simbita published it. Yes. He had his own pu- he had a publishing company that was started primarily to publish this and I'm sure he was working on his own games at the time. So and, and he was probably friends with whoever this guy was. This is probably just the first book ready, but a lot of it feels like it's leading into later Palladium content and I don't know where that exchange of information happened or how. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I just because this book came out first doesn't mean that that Simbita's more complicated books weren't just taking longer to get ready. So I don't know. I have no idea. But it is it is fascinating to look at this and see all these things that would later become just bog standard regular ass Palladium stuff. Yeah, stuff that you're like, oh, this absolutely ridiculous rule from the early '80s still exists in modern Palladium. Yes, yeah, because, you know, the very few Palladium games ever get a second edition. I think there's like two. 
And it's, I mean, especially like the AR thing from this on. Yeah. Where you're like, man, once you get to fucking mega damage and it doesn't matter anymore, you're like, why does it matter if my AR is eight? Oh, Who yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to use AR with mega damage. You're just no. supposed to, yeah. If you have mega damage, even if you're like, I have a mega damage headband, you're like, great, all your attacks hit that thing until it's gone. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, but but in games where you use SDC armor, it, it helps because it's like this can be shot through by a regular bullet or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. The game does have critical hits without having critical misses, uh-huh. which is nice. Uh, uh, natural 20 always hits uh, and does double normal damage. Yep. So, great. And you can still try... To dodge or parry a nat 20 with your own nat 20, mm-hmm. if you want to. But thing is, if you've already said I'm dodging or parrying that round, you are stuck doing that. So you just got to kind of hope that you get that nat 20 as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then when, when we're done with that, there is a big section about life in Egypt broken up by what dynastic period you're oh, talking hey, we about. We didn't talk about magic. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's get to Magik because it's spelled that way. It's yeah, good. we got to get that. CK magic. Yeah, I got that special kind of uh, magic. Um, magic works very similarly, uh, but each spell in the game has its own, or similar to skills, excuse me. Each spell in the game has its own spell cast rating that you have to achieve to get to uh, to cast a spell. You have to either use that or your generic magic score, whichever is worse, to cast a spell. So normally, again, let's assume you're playing a regular character who just rolled average. You probably have a uh, around a 21 or a 22 percent chance to cast any given spell. Yeah. Uh, but all the spells have like these maximums that are like 85 percent. Well, yeah. So you can't get above, even if you become the greatest wizard in all of, of Egyptian history, you can't get above like an 85%. Yeah. Also, the best wizard ever is like, ooh, if I want to make something glow slightly, there's an 85% chance of that. Also, uh, the spells are almost but not quite completely useless in combat because they really enforce the this takes X number of rounds to cast mechanic. So most of the spells, like the, 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 the quickest ones will usually take either one or two, so you can cast them in combat, but they're not useful. Pretty much the only good ones are like armor and invisibility. Yeah, I mean, there's a shield spell, and it takes four rounds to do. Yes, which and means lasts you're only, twenty minutes. Which means you're only doing it before you get into combat. So they're not they're not especially useful in combat situations. They're more like prep things. But the fact that it lasts twenty minutes means oh, you've got to know you are about to get into combat, but not immediately into combat. Yeah, and well, the. The uh, the spells have two different numbers. There's a level for it, which is how good your skill needs to be in order to learn it. Uh-huh. And then, like you said, the difficulty that is the maximum. And those sort of inversely go up and down as you are going for difficulty for how expensive this is. Yeah. Uh, so you have four spells, usually to start, that you will know... Maybe. If you are a, ma- a mage. Yeah. Like, you will know Illumination, Detect Truth, Clairvoyance, and Move Water. You might not be able to cast Move Water, given that it's a 25 mm-hmm. on the amount you need in the skill to do it, and it is entirely possible to go, nope, didn't get that. Yeah, yeah, just have too low of stats to cast that. Uh, but luckily, that number will go up because it's your skill percentage and not just your stat adds, so you will eventually be able to cast a lot of these spells. Oh, I mean, you'll be able to cast a decent amount, but you still have to get 
your percentage at the end every time, make it, go up by a D6, and get a decent amount. Because even if you're like, all right, I want to get to like create water as a 45 uh-huh. and, I, and if i had a 25 I'm like god damn that is gonna take so many sessions even if every session ends with me going up yeah bare minimum of four sessions that's assuming you're allowed to roll for each session as opposed to whenever the the uh dm says it's okay um yeah it's weird some of the spells i, I mean I'll, i will say the spells have they're thematically nice. They feel like they resonate well with a kind of ancient Egypt vibe. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot in here, you know, move water, create move water is very obvious because it moves huge amounts of water, which makes it perfect for, I don't know, parting red seas, you know, a thing an Egyptian did not do. No, but a, a person did in an Egyptian milieu. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> the, the other thing about this is you do have MP. So you've got magic points. We have yet to hit, the point where uh, the Beyond the Supernatural came out, so we don't have PPE or ISP. Yeah, you just have MP, magic points. Uh, and they keep the values nice and small. No spell costs more than six. Yeah, even the big ones are six, like Resurrection. Yeah. So that's nice. Uh, your magic points... I think it... What do they come back? Like uh, one or two a day? I can't even remember. <laughs> I, I don't remember how you get the MP back. No, you do have. You don't lose all of your MP if you fuck up on a spell. Because again, your chances of casting this are based on your percent in the magic skill. Yeah, you still lose an MP if you fuck up casting, though. Yeah. Uh, and oh, points are regained, and overnight rest will renew a character's total. You just get them all back. Oh, good. Nicely. Thank yeah. Christ. Yeah. Huh? Uh, but yeah, you have the exact same number of magic points as you have skill rank in the skill to start because it's it's just equivalent to your power plus intelligence. So so yeah, yeah you have you'll have the same amount of skill p- of points. Um, so oh, sorry, you were saying something though. Oh no, just it's it's nice at least that the fact that you're probably gonna have twenty something magic points and the most expensive thing is six. Usually you'll be casting around the two or three for most of your like bread and butter type things. Yeah. So you're like, oh, you don't have to feel completely constrained for like, oh, I can't cast spells because I can only do a couple. But again, given that most of them are like, oh, I want to cast a spell that like lets me disappear. I'm going to become invisible. That is going to take eight rounds, my friend. Uh-huh. By the time you're invisible, you're dead. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, let's see, I don't remember when invisibility even comes up, but uh, I'm guessing it probably doesn't last long enough to be super helpful. Oh, it's disappear. It lasts half an hour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are, some of them are thematically appropriate, but a, a lot of them feel like they're, they're, the, with the percentage chances of succeeding in any of these being so pathetically low at start, you're going to have a hard time justifying even using them. I guess you're just going to cast them so you can earn the right to, you, you have the old riffs backflip problem. Where, oh, for sure. Where you're like, well, I want to get an XP, I want to get XP, so I'll backflip out of this room using my acrobatic skill just so I did something. Um, but here you're like, oh, well, I can cast Detect Truth. I have a 15% chance to successfully cast Detect Truth, hmm. it, it, hmm. which is really useful if I need to investigate someone. But but why would I why would I rely on that? It's it's less than 50-50 chance that I will. And I don't know whether I succeeded or not. It's it's such a. I mean, you I, will. I guess you will because the spell will fizzle. And you're accomplish, rolling. Yeah, you accomplish nothing. Yeah, you're right. So. But yeah, it's just so low that you're like, oh, this isn't even worth it. Like, it's not going to be useful. I don't feel like having cast detect truth will make this admissible in a court of Egyptian law. The other weird thing to me is they do 
no work to try and reconcile this because, as I mentioned, the end of this is all, you know, a sixth grade report on Egypt that you copied from World Book. Yeah. Which means... No magic. It's not like, yes, and famously Egyptian wizards were able... You're like, oh no, there's no setting for that. Yeah. It's just like, Egyptian life was based upon the idea of servitude to the gods. And you're like, yeah, but... What about that dude who can fly? You'd think you'd mention that. <laughs> hey, there's this one guy over here who's making wax alligators that turn into real alligators and attack you. Is that a thing that really affected, like, when they were trying to reconquer Lower Egypt during the 6th Dynasty? Yeah. Hey, my, I can pretty early make a fireball. Is that a, is that a thing we did <laughs> in that, Egypt? Were we regularly making fire? How come we had such problems fighting off the Hyksos or whatever when uh, we could make fireballs and they couldn't because our gods are real and... <laughs> And because all of these spells are clerical in nature, and their gods are d- definitively not because ours are. Yeah, like, because the last spell in the list is speak with gods, so I very definitively know that God is real. Yeah, there's, that's one of those. There's, the, there's at least one god up there I can talk to. There's a, that's one of those great old classic type spells where it's the last spell on the list. It's the most powerful spell in the game, and it flat out tells you right away, like, look, gods don't want to fucking talk to you. You might be able to talk to like lesser river spirits or whatever, but if you're trying to use this to talk to Thoth, he's busy. Fuck off. Yeah. If you're like, hey, Ra, what's going on? His answer will be. Fuck off. It's bright. Thanks. thanks I am the sun. (laughs) That is my answer. That's what's happening. What do you want? I'm really busy going up and or down the Nile being guided by a pair of pilot fish. Look, I am. It's it's nighttime and I'm fighting several monsters so that I can come out of the underworld and bring the sun back to you. Okay? Huh? Do you want to wait maybe a couple hours? After I've beaten these monsters and then ask me a question? You can call Osiris or whatever. Maybe he hasn't fallen to pieces today. (laughs) Give Ptah a question. huh? (laughs) Fuck that guy, you know? You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm going to go fight monsters. This is a good old classic thing where they're like, yeah, the final spell, the best spell. Speak with gods. You can't. (laughs) Speak with gods. If you ask a question of a god, they might be cryptic or not at all answering. You're like, then why did I cast this? I could pray and get that exact same thing. Maybe they answer and maybe they don't. Yeah. But it's, I mean, we've seen that problem before. That's the thing that like furry pirates, for example, is our usual because it happens so early in the show's history. Go to for that kind of shit where they're like, this is a world where furry pirates didn't have wizards, but it did have like flying creatures. I know it had wizards. It had the whole point of it was to be a bird wizard. It could be a bird wizard. You're right. It had wizards. And it was like, but what happened with piracy? Well, we changed some of the people into animals, like whatever, but Otherwise, piracy is exactly the same. And you're like, no, it isn't. Not if you have guys who can fly and throw fireballs from nothing. That's going to change the, the the functionality of wooden ship-based combat. Yeah. I I don't care if you made some historical figure a badger. Yeah. That's fine. But please note that in your setting, magic is real. So history may have turned out slightly different. Yeah, yeah. I also found it funny that at, at uh, 70 skill, you can, you can uh, I'm sorry, 65 skill, you can create an artifact, which is mostly useful to create this this game's very long list of necklaces that, that had... They, God, they, there are so many fucking amulets. All the amulets, they're like amulets are the most popular thing in, in Egyptian culture. They're just fucking crazy for amulets. And here's a fun story. Most of them are magic. Some of them aren't, but most of them are magic. Yeah. Some of them, they're like, it's magic. We don't know what it does, though. And I'm like, none of them were magic. You could just make up what it does. You don't have to be like, historians are still wondering what the one that looks like a ladder did. Just make it up. You made the rest of them up. Figure it out. I mean, 
The one that looks like a ladder know, gives you scramble up a wall. It gives you a seventy-five percent climb skill, which in this game is massive. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, but you know, those ones automatically work if you build them and you wear them. They automatically work. But the game hates the idea that anyone accidentally become powerful. So if you're wearing more than one, as soon as you wear two, they both work at half effectiveness. Yeah, you can't just be like, "Yo, man." Look at my incredible bling menagerie as I drip with 27 necklaces. They're like, oh, no. No. If anyone attempted to get more than one of these, it would suck. And I'm like, really? Because most of these are bad? Yeah. Like, not even bad, just sort of minor. It's like, ooh, this increases your armor by two. Yeah. And this gives you five additional years of life. (laughs) Great. How am I going to measure that? Like, how am I going to know? If I get eaten by a crocodile tomorrow, is that because I was supposed to have died five years ago? Or is it because it doesn't, it, it's, it, my warranty is voided if I go near crocodiles? What's the rule? Uh, but um, but you can also make wax figurines that will come to life and attack your enemies. But you can't use them because the spell to use them is animate artifact, which comes up later. Uh, you'll need, like, I think an 80 to use, oh, 75 to use Animate Artifact. Yeah. You can make them, I feel like those two are reversed from the usual model, where you can learn to use a magic item, and then later, when you're significantly more powerful, you can learn to craft them like so many uh, great ar- architects of magical power before you. <laughs> anyway, just just weird stuff. And then, yeah, just a huge section that's like, hey, this is, uh, this is what it was like in all these different eras of, of Egypt life, and... People kept going up and down the Nile, and I don't want to cheapen all the cool shit about Egyptology, so I'm not going to really go into detail because I don't remember any of it, but it's a lot of people moved up and down the Nile and were conquered and then conquered, and then they they killed their own their their parent and became Pharaoh and went up and down the Nile and conquered, it's, and then Greeks showed up. It's so weird to me that they decided to make an RPG and then just encyclopedia the end for the section on... Like, oh, what am I supposed to do in yeah. this game? Where am I yeah. playing? And they're like, you're playing in specifically the, like, 1500s BC. You're in the, uh, around the 18th dynasty. Yes. And they're like, okay, what does that mean? I don't know, man. It means you might be able to get away with invading, like, into Sudan or something. Uh, whatever. Hominoptera's in charge. Or Hominoptera's the Book of the Dead. But whatever. You know, like... like <laughs> Uh, the Book uh, of the Dead is in charge. Uh, Am- Amon Cotton or whoever it is in charge. Uh, Amon Hotep might yeah. be in charge. Cotton Hill is in charge. <laughs> yeah. And, and, Cotton uh, Hill, the pharaoh with no knees. <laughs> he ain't got no shins. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Cotton Hill is in charge, and he's trying to conquer some Nubian lands to the west or whatever, and, and the, you're there, though. You're also there. Okay, what do I do? What is... I know that you've written what life was like historically for the people of Egypt, and that's neat. Honestly, I read through all of this because I was like, I like reading about ancient Egypt shit. That's fine. I'll read through this. But as I was going through, I'm like, why is this in this book? None of this matters. Like, to what I would do, I guess it's nice to have a background of like, okay, well... When you're making your game, here's sort of an idea of what it was sort of like in the time. Yeah. But there's no impetus what for What am play. I doing? Yeah. Especially real- given that everyone has to randomly roll their cast. And yeah. if you're like, well, we have three commoners and a dude in the bureaucracy. 
Okay, what are they doing together? Why? Look, Who what, gives a every shit? Every morning they wake up and go outside and fail to culture any agra. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. Three dudes try to farm, fail miserably, and one guy tries to write it down and doesn't. <laughs> and that's why they never get fired is because the report that he would send to the fair to be like, our farmers are incapable of getting crops, instead shows up and they're like, this dude just scribbled a tiny clown getting kicked in the nuts. I don't know why this is here. Yeah, there's a, there's a section on fashions of the time, which is just a lot of Kevin Simbita art. And I'm the reason I'm calling it out is because it's really good. <laughs> like, it's it's Kevin Simbita like I've never seen him before. Not just drawing tubes with handles and then giving them stats because of what gun they are. And he drew, draws a range. I, I, I have to assume this is stolen from some reference material or something. I mean, 100% when you get to the sort of haircut page. Uh, no, I was going to say, when you get to the section that is like the animals and monsters you can fight, it is very clearly just photocopied out of a book. Yes, that's true. But the, the, the page of haircuts is like, not only are these these w good drawings with lots of different perspectives, Simpita, when he draws people, pretty much only draws bubble-titted, wasp-waisted ladies. That's all he knows how to do. That's his, That's his. Uh, at least as far as I was aware from having uh, read his books for the past 30 years of my life. But, um, but here, this is a range of body types and face types and so on. It's, it's, imp it's genuinely impressive, which is why I still think it might be traced out of an old world book. Yeah. Um, but there's even a little section towards the bottom where you can see like one of them ancient Egyptian dress fashions where someone's got like a whole boob hanging out on one side, you know, yep. like they've got their dress cut low one on one side. Cause that's their favorite tit. Like I, and then there's a little line next to it. That's like, Hey, this was revealing by modern standards, but was not immodest or lewd. This is normal. People uh, walked around with one of them, one dropping, dropping out because it was cool. It was fine. It's Cause they wanted a weird tan. I get it. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, just genuinely Impress. The only thing I wouldn't be impressed by is the fact that he labeled all of their outfits costumes. Yes. <laughs> uh, they weren't costumes, my dude. These guys actually dressed like this. It wasn't just a really long Halloween. I also enjoy <laughs> in the things you can fight. It's a bunch of animals. So you're like, ah, oh, you could fight a jackal or a crocodile or whatever. Yeah. And then there's monsters. And again, there's no like, wait a minute. If Egypt had actual for reals monsters, wouldn't that change? No, it doesn't change anything. It's fine. It's fine because they all live really far out on the fringes. All of them are only to be encountered in, in far out uninhabited regions and they are all loners. <laughs> when you see a creature that has the body of a large jackal and the head of a small jackal. <laughs> <laughs> the legendary Esquilax. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, Legendary Esquilax, I would love to get that in here because the game has three monsters in it, and they are called Monster 1, Monster 2, and Monster 3. Uh, yeah. We didn't you do have the names. Type 1, Type 2, Type 3 monsters, then Great Serpent, and Spirits, although Spirits are generally just zombies. So, there you go. That's what you can fight. Yeah. Like, I'm fairly certain that one of these I know the name of. I mean, one of them is, is I think, a... It's a jackal with with a falcon front, so it's like a griffin but with a jackal back. I don't yeah. know what that's called. Griffin <laughs> yeah. with a jackal back, by the way, is one of my favorite things to order it when I'm like playing at a casino and I need a drink that I don't really like. <laughs> Can I get a griffin with a jackal back? Yeah, exactly. But one of them is lion body snake head, which is like most of a snake sticking out of the front of it, and I'm pretty sure that's a serpopard. Yeah, um, but they don't call it that here. They call it a type one. That's a type one monster. <laughs> and then the last one is like a sort of. I don't know, a sphinx, but with a bird head instead of a human female head. 
Yeah. It's a lion with a with a bird head. I mean, not- the interesting thing is it has a lotus blossom for a tail, and I was like, that's cool. That's neat, I like but, that. But, but I, I mean, that's neat. It's a cool concept, but for lotus blossom, was that a thing in ancient Egypt? Sure. Why sure. not? Okay, great. Good for them. Yeah. So anyway, all of these are only encountered deep out in the middle of nowhere, so they can't mess with the fact that this game's got all of Egypt's history in it. Then you get some random encounters, um, which are <laughs> very, very God specific. Bless. God bless the random encounter tables in this, where it's like, man being robbed by 1d6 thieves. Man being killed by 1d6 thieves. Man being beaten by 1d6 soldiers. I'm like, dude, life sucks in Egypt. Yeah, All of these are like, you encounter a man getting his shit pushed in. You're like, man, that's rough, buddy. <laughs> I like the one that's two men arguing over a trade. <laughs> like, it's just going to walk on. Like, what are you going to do? Stop and get involved? <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I'm going to have a random encounter in the countryside. I encountered a scholar. <laughs> Okay. And? No, that's it. You just, hey, look, there's a guy. He might know how to read, sort of. I encountered a mad hippopotamus bellowing in river. I, I guess I'll stay out then. I'm not going in there. I know what fucking hippopotamuses do. Fuck I, you. I guess I'll nail down a mad hippo sign. Oh, no, wait. It won't say that, though, because I can't write. <laughs> Why does the sign say happy Hey, bows. What is what is on this? It, just some guy going. I tried my best. Mary Crimbo. <laughs> Mary Chrysler. <laughs> I mean, I the pro, the thing is the reason we're, we're we're jumping on these these tables. I just found four women being assaulted by one d four men. Yeah, uh, like like we were saying earlier, the spelling is uh, again sixth grade level. Um, but it, this is the closest thing you get to any idea of what to do with this game. Oh, yeah. Wander around the countryside and every 20 minutes, see if, for example, you might be attacked by 3D6 foreigners slash bandits with a leader. Yeah, the I mean, there's a small bit of GM advice in here, but it's mostly just, hey, don't do a lot of things. Like, all of it is, you might think you're going to go raid a bunch of tombs or whatever. Those have already been raided by this point in time in history. Yeah. So it would be pointless to do so. <laughs> don't do that. All right. Also, also mo- if gods are in your campaign, don't do that. You're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> don't have gods. Don't make gods show up. Then that would be weird. It would mess up the history. <laughs> I'm assuming we're supposed to. A god should never help a mortal. I'm like, then wait, what? Why do I have just... a whole spell about this. In fact, all my spells are technically gods helping a mortal because all the spells in this game are prayers. Notably, there's a section that tells you what you have to do in order. It's one of the gods. I forget which one, but one of the gods has a thing that's like, if you want any spell to ever work in your game, you need to say, you have to curse this god uh, to get your spell to work. And you have to curse him by all 25 of his known names. So you have to be like, I curse you, Kemri. I curse you, Amanat of the four evils. I curse you, Setoth the gr- the the Grim. You're like, okay, so I guess every time I cast a spell, I got to do all this stuff. Yeah, that's why it takes eight rounds. Yeah, because it, it takes you that long to say every fucking name. Because <laughs> it's, I think it's just one of the monsters that fucking Raw is fighting. Yeah, it's his big nemesis to go punch a dude, and you're like, oh, I gotta go curse the guy who hates Raw, and then you- Raw will give me power or some shit. Can I tell you the thing that made me the saddest? This is a game that has a monster bestiary, right? Yeah. So it's only like, there's only five monsters in the monster bestiary. Yeah. But you know what I was really hoping to encounter and I didn't? Mm-hmm. The set animal. Oh, yeah. That would have made they, sense. Because they mention it for yeah. set that they're like, uh, this guy has the head of a set animal, which no one knows what the fuck that is. 
Yeah, yeah. We don't know what that is. It looks like a cross between an anteater and an aardvark. It's a weird thing, depending on who draws it. Sometimes it looks a little more jackally or something, but it doesn't line up to any animal that was found in the part of the world at that time. Yeah. So it's just called the set animal. And I'm like, great, stat it. (laughs) No, I couldn't possibly. (laughs) That would ruin the game. (laughs) Uh, I, and then, like, it kind of tries to have in the GM section, like, help to go, you know what you should do? Make sure all your characters are from the same town. That way, there's a reason they'd be together. I'm like, not good enough. Nope. <laughs> there's no reason for me to hang out with some bureaucrat in my town just because they're in my town. <laughs> well, your town only has like 10 guys, and he's one of the few cool ones. <laughs> my town has 10 guys. Why am I in this town? <laughs> what is happening here? I'm going to die. Well, there were a lot more guys. All but... of my food is coming from the crops that I can't grow. Well, neither can anyone else. Everyone's slowly <laughs> starving to death. That's why there's 10 guys. Oh. <sighs> <sighs> I just love the that that amazing combination of uh, of endlessly uh, effusive praise for how fascinating and, and vast and and important and powerful of a culture this was, which is all really cool stuff to read. And then the the reality in in the game state of oh everyone's a dumb chuckle fuck who's too stupid to live. Yeah. Oh, and don't worry, even if you could get any grain, you will have it. You have a ten percent chance of cooking it into anything edible. So, yeah, I mean. One of the things in the GM advice for a group is like, hey, you should be assumed that you live at your parents' house or nearby. You should honor and obey your elders. And I'm like, yeah, because they're the only one with a skill percentage that's probably high enough to do anything. You have to live with your parents because they're like, I've been alive long enough that I have a 70% chance of growing crops. Otherwise, everyone would be dead. Yeah. I still can't get over how how many of the random encounters you're just going to go, all right. Yeah. When you roll them, you're like, oh, a drunk being thrown out of a tavern. Great. All right. Cool. I'm not going to, what am I going to do? Help? I'm not, I'm not going to, I might help him up, I guess, but I'm not going to go, I mean, he's being thrown out of a tavern for a reason. I'm not going to mess with a business or, oh, a leopard dragging a gazelle into a tree. Cool. That, oh, that, that's that, neat. That leopard's going to leave me alone and I don't need a gazelle bad enough to fight a leopard for it. So I hmm. do enjoy that one out of a hundred times when you are in the countryside, you're going to see the Pharaoh. Just the Pharaoh's going to be there with some soldiers and retainers. And you're like, that's odd that if I'm just wandering the countryside, the Pharaoh is here. I like to think it's just because the Pharaoh, well, first of all, the Pharaoh does go on ritualistic great hunts on a regular basis. That makes sense. I get that. But also maybe it's because the the Pharaoh, they travel with so many people that, you know, chances are, if you even see like some, like a core, a column of soldiers, it's like, yeah, we're like the outer edge of the Pharaoh's retinue. No nah, man, the the Pharaoh has four D six soldiers. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, you can all you can also encounter the scattered bones of a man. Ooh. What do you? I, oh, all right. I shrug. Nice. Hey, nice bones. <laughs> nice. How scattered are they? Are they super <laughs> scattered? Just like a little scattered. Medium scattered. Nice. Oh. Uh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's uh, that, you got more stuff you want to say, or I, I feel like I'm good. No, I mean that about covers it for. The game that also then at the end has a big bibliography of, hey, go read books about Egypt. This is probably all the books that I just, you know, cribbed from for this. It, it's nice. To, I mean, I, the first one is a coloring book of ancient Egypt, by the way. God bless. <laughs> God bless. No author. Just, hey, what should I read if I want to know about Egypt in this game? Why, a coloring book of ancient Egypt. Just one of them. Any of them will do. <laughs> 
I mean, it's nice to see this giant list because you know that means that they at least had a big pile of books. I, I get it. It's 83. You couldn't, you couldn't pull, just, you couldn't just be like, I got all this from the internet. It's fine. But, but yeah, the fact that the first one is just uh, a coloring book of ancient Egypt and the second one is e- Egyptian art. And the third one's by Asimov. Yep. Who I guess wrote a book about e- Egyptians called The Egyptians, which sounds like it should be on ABC. Sure. But yeah, there you go. John, what would you say if you're ready for me to ask you the question? I'm always ready for you to ask me anything. What would you say was your favorite thing about Valley of the Pharaohs? Uh, God, I don't know. The fact that it's it kind of looks like a proto version of Palladium to come. Like honestly, Historical significance? Yeah, like that's... Honestly, my favorite thing from this was seeing little bits of that that I would then go, oh, this will become this later on. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, Neat. that's fair. Like, that was the only bit reading through this when I was, like, nodding off after the 20th page of, in ancient Egypt, along the Nile, there would be flooding. And I'm like, I know you've said this 20 times. God Fucking damn it, Christ. you mentioned flooding again. Although I got to imagine that's a lot of what it was like talking to an actual ancient Egyptian. <laughs> Just like, it's like, hey, did you know this place floods a hey, lot? We got lots of floods. Hey, we man. have for thousands of years. We live in a static, unchanging reality in which floods are really important. <laughs> we live in a society. <laughs> but yeah, I think probably my favorite thing in this is seeing the stuff that would eventually turn into things in the Palladium as we know it today. Yeah, that's very fair. What is your favorite thing in Valley of the Pharaohs? I'm actually going to cite the art. I mean, it's it's pretty, sure. it's pretty simplistic, but I think it's impressive art and. I'm going to be really crushed when I find out it was all traced, but but it's it's good art, and it does a good job of explaining like how you dress and, and what manner of dress you would be expected to wear. Sure, man. I mean, when I was going through the animal, animals, I was like, now that motherfucker is a hippo. That's an actual hippo. Good job. You did it. Yeah. It looks good. This is what Simbita should have done. This doesn't just look like, you know, someone scribbled a hippo on there. You actually did it. It's not a tube with just a handle on one end that's labeled the hippo KC13X. <laughs> D6 times 10. Well, I guess I'm getting one of those. Uh, fine. <laughs> what was your least favorite thing in this book? Oh, it's it's got to be the skill system. The fact that you're like, oh, at best, you're looking at like a 20-something percent, and probably most of your skills will be like a 15% chance of working. And the fact that intelligence is so important to all of them even if you aren't an in-base class, like if you're a soldier or a thief, most of your shit is still intelligence-based. Yeah. And then they're like, ooh, here's a sprinkling of like two or three things that use a different stat. Yeah. And even among that, you're still like, okay, if I'm a speed-based soldier, there is one skill that uses speed. Yes. (laughs) Fucking great. Good for me. Uh, they they already knew how to do better than this by this point. I mean, granted, the skills were, we, we, we've been saying earlier that like, oh, this is all very well established. Uh, you know, it's, we've had nine years of D&D already. People should know how to do things. D&D was still two years away from having a skill system. Oh, yeah. The problem I have is you should know from playing this once. Yeah. That that is bad. Yeah. Because the second you play test this for a second and go, uh, my well, character accomplishes six. nothing. I have a six intelligence, so I have a six percent chance to agriculture, a six percent chance to read. Well, yeah, all your shit is like, all right, well, I get six plus whatever. Great. Yeah. 
I just avoid all of the skills that are only intelligence, of which, again, there are tons of. Yeah, like the the thief. If you want to play a thief, there are a total of two skills that do not have intelligence in them. Yeah. If you want to, what, barter and be deception. Decept- and deception, yeah. which I love, doesn't use your personality as deception. It uses it as the half score. Yeah. But I'm like, why is that? Why is Persona not the main stat for deception? Why is power what it's weird they're just reverses barter is perception plus half power and 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 uh deception is power plus half perception uh, sure personality what? or oh, persona. personality persona persona pers yeah persona Pers- five Pers- persation yeah perper perper derper persona five strikers whatever it's fine <laughs> it's all persona five mm-hmm. i didn't play the other ones so i only played persona five <laughs> i never played strikers <laughs> Oh, I played Persona 5, gave up on it, and enjoyed Strikers more. So, oh, well, there I you mean, go. I mean, Persona 5 was gorgeous and really interesting, and I love the characters and all of that, but something about the whole, like, you are playing through, the, like, a month in this character's life and every day matters was stressing the fuck out of me. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't uh, line up with how I usually play RPGs, which is like, I'm going to experience all of this fucking thing. Oh, uh, see, whereas I was like, ooh, neat, you put a dating sim in this game. I'm on board. I know how this works. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, uh, there you have it. Uh, that's my least favorite thing. Uh, w- wait, I never said my least favorite thing was. You did. Yeah, I was talking about skills. What was your least favorite thing? I assume also skills, but... <laughs> I mean, there's not much else to be my least favorite thing, but no, I'm going to say the same thing that we were harping on earlier. The fact that the game is like, hey, there's magic and gods and shit, and also uh, the world went by unchanged from yeah. how it actually did. And we're going to give you no clue as to how the society should work or, or given that magic should, is real. Like there's big chunks of missing pa- information. I think another really good one to say is the least favorite thing here is just what do you do? There's no indication of what you do. All it is is suggestions of things you shouldn't do. Yeah. Like, uh, like don't try and you do a gods and monsters story. Cause there aren't enough monsters and you're not allowed to use the gods. Yeah. The fact that I think in the entire book, the only thing it ever suggests is maybe you go in one of the campaigns to go fight somewhere. I'm like, yeah, if we're all soldiers, but if I have to roll randomly for my cast, and if I got clergy, what am I doing? <laughs> I mean, assumedly clergy follow along and just sort of perform cast fireballs. I guess the, maybe, <laughs> or they just follow along behind and perform important rites to make sure things go the way they're supposed to. There's a whole big section in here about what it's like being clergy in ancient Egypt. And it's like, it's not like today. They don't spend their time blessing unions or whatever. They stay out of people's business. They just, it, they view the world as an internal perfect cycle that the gods put in order, and their job is just to occasionally grease some of the wheels. Yeah. That's that's their whole job, to be like, yeah, I got to do it, go out and say a quick, important prayer and do a ritual so that the river flows correctly. Good. So that's what they do. They follow along behind the war to make sure the war happens appropriately. <laughs> Appropriate wars. Yeah. Would you play this game? No. This is terrible, and I... I'm sad. I'm sad that there's a Palladium game I wouldn't play because I love playing the trash that is Palladium. Would you play this game? Yes. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's missing a huge amount of parts, but if someone wanted to run it, it's very simple and it sucks. But, I mean, we'd learn that very quickly together. (laughs) So for for, uh, sort of like in the same way that I would participate in a a, a, uh, Civil War reenactment as long as I could be on the North. um, (laughs) Yes, I would play it just for the experience. I'd do it for the lulls. <laughs> I couldn't. I would have no lulls. I would be like, all right. No lulls lost. I'm a thief. I attempt to deceive a man. I do not. Well, all right. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> also, uh, I did want to mention, this is a thing I 
almost forgot to say, Thief is the only person who can use a boat. He's the only yes. one that has the boating skill. Yes. So even though this book goes on and on about how important the river is and boating was super huge and it was a huge thing, only thieves can be boat captains. So do with that what you will. Yeah, there's a whole section about how, like, look, most people don't wander really far from their homes in ancient Egypt. They grow up where they, where they were born and stay there their whole lives. But there are enough adventurous people that you'll encounter them, most of them going up and down the river. Okay, how do I go up and down the river? You hire a thief. You you either are or hire a thief. <laughs> so, excellent. Very interesting. And then even then, you're like, yeah, but, you know, 95% of the time, I'm going to run this boat aground, just so you know. Anyway, hey, you know what would be nice if you went and supported our Patreon over at patreon.com slash systemmastery? Hell yeah! I know by now you've almost certainly already heard an ad for the network Patreon, but support ours first, and then support that one as well. <laughs> oh, we're in the middle of the drive right now. Yeah. So, uh... So, you know, if you're listening to this like eight months after it comes out, no, you probably heard an ad for like me undies or insurance or some shit. Yeah. But, uh, or hopefully you're already on our Patreon and then you didn't hear any ad at all because we'll give you an ad free RSS feed if you support us at any level whatsoever at patreon.com slash system mastery. That's right. And, you know, $2 a month helps you get those ad free uh, RSS feed in your, your little inbox for our shows. It means that you support the show and we get to keep doing what we're doing and you get bonus content. We're going to go make characters in the Valley of the Pharaohs. And hopefully we'll find a way to stretch for time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we always do. We're always stretching for time. (laughs) These episodes can be five minutes long. It's true. I could just show up and go, Hey, did you know this game sucks? Bye. 68 pages. Prepare for the RPG net purple page review. Here we go. It is 68 pages long. It's really bad. Four out of five stars. (laughs) Five out of five stars. Loved every second of it. (laughs) (laughs) This game murdered my wife. Four and a half out of five. Uh, Yeah, I hate those stupid purple page reviews because every time I'm like trying to find out more information about a game, that's always like the top result and it's useless. Yeah. Anyway, um... Yeah, go to our Patreon, $2 a month, we'll unlock all the stuff John just mentioned, uh, and we would really appreciate it, but if you can't, we understand that, and hey, why don't you rate and review us or do whatever. Just do something nice. You know what? Treat yourself. Treat yourself. To our bonus content. Uh, yeah, or buy one of our books. <laughs> buy my book. <laughs> I just had one of those great stories we get from, my, my mom uh, messaged me today, and she was just like, hey, I, I got stuck talking to one of the neighbors. You know I hate talking to people, especially the neighbors. I have like a, a super introvert mom and a super extrovert dad. That's the way they're 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 arranged. Yeah. So while my dad is really good at like making friends with everybody in the world and we'll we'll just carry on long conversations with them, my mom will sit nearby talking to someone she already knows and be like, Oh, there he goes again, just talking to people. <laughs> but she's <laughs> making like, conversation. So she's like, Ugh. I'm stuck talking to one of the neighbors today, and she asked me what our my kids do. And obviously I can't tell them what all my kids do, because some of you do unsavory things. But but I told her that you have I don't know, a show or something, and that, that you write books about dungeons in what I think is called Dungeons and Dragons. And she said, oh, my son likes Dungeons and Dragons. What kind of books? And she goes, I don't know. He has a cookbook. And, and she goes, is it this cookbook? And she has one on her, like, on her open on, on her, uh, her uh, counter. And yes, it's our cookbook. Great. So buy our cookbook. That's the best way to find it is to That's the ask best random way to neighbors. Be, to be friends with someone. Yeah. Have our cookbook. Uh-huh. Buy any one of our books and we'll love you forever. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again real soon with yet more exciting System Mastery content. Until then, have a good one.